The Drive Home with Kenton Dick on Mix 96. Joining me is Crispin, or Chris Anpong, from right here in the Southeast. Very involved, used to be the president of the Southeast Man Filipino Association, also a member of the Philippine Heritage Council of Manitoba. And Chris, today we are talking about a new study that shows how the Filipino community has been disproportionately affected by COVID-19 here in Manitoba. Can you just start things off by giving us an overview of this study? Yeah, so so this study, it's kind of long, the, the title is long-winded. It's called COVID-19 Infections in Manitoba, Race, Ethnicity, and Indigeneity. And this was commissioned by the province, uh, I think, a couple, couple months back to look into the different ethnic groups being impacted by uh, COVID-19 here in the province. And uh, on March 1st, afternoon of March 1st, the province released the findings. It says that 12% of all COVID cases are with the Filipino Manitoban community. Yeah, right. Now, of course, uh, that's 12%. And what percentage of Manitoba's population does the Filipino community represent? Right. So we only make up 7%. So that's why in the report it says uh, we are overrepresented because of that disparity between uh, the population makeup of the Filipino Manitoban community with the rest of Manitoba versus all the COVID cases that have been logged in that segment of the population. Now, to give you a background on why that is, uh, first of all, my reaction, my reaction to that news is that of course, we're saddened by it, yeah. but at the same time, uh, I'm not surprised because of the nature of uh, the Filipino Manitoban community, specifically about uh, our workplaces, our occupations. A lot of Filipino newcomers are working in the healthcare sector, in the hospital, right. in home, in care homes, and uh, the rest are distributed among uh, manufacturing uh, operations like factories, and then you have uh, people working in farms and in barns. So if you look at that kind of occupation, yeah. they have to work on site. There's no going around it. They, they can't work from home. So there's increased risk of being exposed to the coronavirus, which is sad. And also, uh, you probably know about this, Kenton. Typical Filipino immigrant households are intergenerational, meaning we we are living with Grandparents mm-hmm. who we have uh, sponsored from 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 the old country, so they're the ones who look after our little ones while we're off to work. So what you're saying is there's there's just some things about the Filipino community, specifically in Manitoba right now, that just makes it a little mm-hmm. more susceptible to things like COVID nineteen. Exactly. Exactly. Now, what are some of the concerns that you have about this? Because uh, these sort of findings. Um, you know, it's really just a number as to as to showing what's actually happening. But do you, are you concerned with what, what, what this could mean for the Filipino community? Uh, definitely, because it's the, the, I'm concerned about the way it's going to be received by the general public, because um, there's a right way and a wrong way yeah. of interpreting the, those findings. Right? People might think that uh, the Filipino Manitoban community are like carriers of the disease, which is totally wrong. Right? Yeah, and um, we already have that problem from the start of this pandemic that there's a spike in discrimination and racial incidents because a lot of people, uh, not just in Manitoba, but across Canada, we've been hearing about it on social media. Um, a lot of people are thinking or having the, the mistaken notion that it's the Asian Canadian immigrants who are bringing COVID-19 into the country, which is totally wrong. So you have that, and then you have this report 
So there's, uh, it's, it potentially can fuel more discrimination and you know racism against these communities, which are already yeah. affected by COVID-19. So there has to be a dialogue. Uh, we have to engage the community and make it aware that that's not the case. And uh, it states in that report that um, it's not actually race or genetics or indigeneity that uh, determines having COVID-19 or having COVID, having many COVID-19 cases. It's actually the structures in society that place people in positions of advantage or disadvantage, which is going back to what I just mentioned, like because of the nature of uh, the occupation of our particular demographic of the Filipino Manitoban community, that's why we're at increased risk of being exposed to the coronavirus. That's what the general public should understand. You're you're mm-hmm. mentioning a little bit about racism and and just people looking at Asian Canadians a little bit differently. Is that something you've been hearing from this area as well? Uh, not so much. I mean, not so much here in the southeast, but. Um, from what I know, uh, it's more in Winnipeg. Mm. And uh, in fact, uh, there's an organization there. It's a multicultural organization called the Ethnocultural Council of Manitoba, which represents all uh, all of the ethnic communities who reside in Winnipeg. And I, I believe in the, in, in the entirety of Manitoba. They came out with a statement because they were anticipating the release of the findings of this report. And it's basically like a three-point... Uh, action plan that they are uh, suggesting to the government of Manitoba right. on how to act about these findings. So it's more, it's happening more in metropolitan areas because of all the stress that's happening in there. Okay. You know, With and, this... uh, and I'm thankful that it's not happening. Uh, there's not a lot of incidents happening here. Yeah, I mean, uh, in, uh, yeah. In Steinbach and uh, of surrounding areas. Is there something that you would like to see specifically done with this information, or even not with this information? But now that we know this, is there something you'd like to see done so that mm-hmm. this this can be corrected in a way? Right, right. Um, it's good that you asked me that because uh, what what these findings tell me to me they represent an important first step. Yeah in controlling the spread of COVID-19 because now we know and now that now the government knows which sector sectors are most affected by COVID-19 and where it is happening mm-hmm. in the report it says it's mostly happening in the workplace so you have the the who and you have the where and obviously the next step is uh, addressing or no, knowing and addressing how and why uh, this transmission is happening in those areas yeah. So absolutely. now it's basically zeroing in oh. on on those those locations because this report has narrowed it down. So all eyes are going to be on what the the government of Manitoba is going to do, and of course all those workplaces like um, employers who are, um, you know, maybe there's not enough um, enforcement measures being done in their respective in those uh, workplaces. So so. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting couple of months after <laughs> this uh, report has been released. Uh, and I imagine, I mean, with this whole COVID nineteen pandemic getting so far into it now, there's going to be so many more reports like this. I mean, we're going to be studying this time for years to come. I think. I think so, and it's not just, or it should be noted that what I just described there is actually true for most Filipino Canadian uh, communities, not just here in Manitoba. Right. So if there's another report commissioned in some provinces 
I'm pretty sure it's gonna you know it's gonna skew the same way. So yeah. and 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 the course of action would be the same thing, would be to find out what's happening in those suspected workplaces and then uh also ch- also making sure that people are following the protocols, you know, the health and safety protocols and they are being provided enough uh personal protective equipment. Yeah, for sure. Those are the things that allowed us to you know, to, to weather this storm through for a year now, almost a year now, and that has proven to be effective so far. So we just have to, you know, uh, we just have to uh, follow through on, on what we have learned to be effective, make sure that they are being being uh, followed in those uh, in those areas. Yeah, well, and make sure that the communities that are being affected the most get the support that they need, obviously. Exactly, yeah. All right. Well, uh, fascinating and, and unfortunately <laughs> kind of an unfortunate topic. But thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Chris. Thanks again, Kenton. I really appreciate it.